Want some news you can use? Stop by the 10 News Studio and join hosts Ryan Willard and Pamela Kirkland every Wednesday. The 10 News team covers everything from Ukraine and the Supreme Court to Minecraft and Pokemon, all in a bite-sized podcast for kids and their adults. Awesome guests like Lego Masters Judge Amy Amy Corbett, Corbett, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and the voice of Pokemon's Ash Ketchum are guaranteed to swing by. Make the 10 News part of your family routine to connect, explore, and learn something new. Listen to the 10 News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Woohoo! That was great because I did it fast at the end because it sounded like an ad. Welcome to episode 21 of season 2 of the Adventures of Power Dog in Dogland. This is an extra special, ultra awesome crossover episode of Mary Farfisa's Outer Space Radio Theater. And please go and check it out. It's yeah. really good. It's so good. It's one of our faves, right? It is like one of the best podcasts we've ever listened to, am I right? Yes. Yeah. It is worth mentioning that the way they do their storytelling in Mary Farfisa's Outer Space Radio Theater is with multiple different actors doing the voices of the characters. And so, for the first time ever in our show, besides a couple of Hank cameos discreetly peppered into some episodes here and there, you are going to hear another voice when we meet one of our favorite characters. You may remember when our story left off, the power dog had wound up in a strange place called Time Yin with the most frustrating individual he'd ever known, a fennec fox dog called Lupo. And they were joined by none other than Dogland's own president, Bernie Sandals. Although both power dog and Lupo were initially very focused on finally getting To the dragon world of Draconis, Bernie Sandals insisted that they join the caretaker of Time Yin, Madame Kate, the aware wolf, for a meal and a ketchup. Bernie needed to hear about the rainbow bubble dome or dragon ball surrounding Meowie on Dogland. And as they all caught each other up on the events of the recent past, Lupo blew them all away with their sordid tale of their time growing up in a secret order of cat followers on Meowie called the Ellurophiles. Lupo had just explained that they had been spying on the bad cats of Meowie, 
And then Lupo said, The nameless ones, the cats, they do have a lot of power. But they get all of their power from the dragon that Cat Roger spoke of to you, Power Dog, the Namer. And he, the Namer, is actually as big as an entire planet himself. He has the most power in the entire Dogmos, maybe beyond, and he can enchant anything, anywhere, to do his bidding. He can give special powers or enchantments to those that follow him. The group on Miaui is called Allurophiles for following the cats, but the cats, they follow the bidding of a single, all-powerful dragon. Lupo then looked around nervously. And no one can defeat him. There are no good dragons left. <sighs> Power Dog gasped, and Bernie raised his eyebrows in surprise and concern again. Even Madame Kate looked uncomfortable. Bernie was very alarmed, and Power Dog was straight up freaking out. No good dragons left? Then what happened to my brother and cousins when they got to Draconis? His chest felt tight, and he even felt a little dizzy. Bernie reached a paw out to Power Dog and another out to Lupo. Now, hold on, pups. All of this is just information from various sources. We do not know for ourselves what is actually going on. We don't know how anyone is doing on Draconis, and we don't know how everybody is doing back on Dogland. Madame Kate, I think we are caught up enough now and that we must depart as soon as possible. Bernie began to gather the note cards and gems and bouncy balls from the table to stuff back into the little velveteen pouch he dumped them out of when Power Dog asked, What are those, Mr. President? as he nodded his nose at the gems and the balls. Oh, these actually hold sound recordings, Power Dog. For you see, my long-lost pen pal, Briscoe, loves sharing sounds and songs and music and noise. Power Dog marveled at this, but he also wondered if this shouldn't wait until after they travel to Draconis to find his pack. Madame Kate nodded to all of them and said, I have the mushrooms. You will need to be on your way. Briscoe will be waiting for you and will be delighted to receive my recording of the sacred pause for pause. Ah, yes, wonderful. Tyler should be here in two flicks of a cow's tail for these, Bernie said, smiling at the juicy, earthy brown mushrooms. Tyler? Briscoe the sounds-loving pen pal? Sacred pause for pause? asked Power Dog. There seemed to be even more to unpack here, and none of this sounded like, now that we're all caught up and scared out of our wits, let's still go to Draconis and save some dogs. Oh yes, Tyler is Taylor's twin. They are both galactic travelers with the gift, said Bernie. Power Dog nodded. So, can you tell us who Briscoe is and what a pen pal is? Are they a galactic cow, a dog? Where do the pens come in? Bernie smiled and replied, No, Power Dog. Briscoe is a space horse. And a pen pal is someone you exchange letters, cards, postcards, or mail with. It's pen as in writing with a pen. Ah, thought Power Dog as he nodded. Having a galactic pen pal that also sends along bouncy balls and gems with sounds in them sounded pretty incredible. Bernie continued, 
And now that I've heard yours and Lupo's stories, I feel more confident than before that Briscoe can help us. Beyond that, these special sound recordings were on loan and must be returned immediately. Can I skip this Tyler, Briscoe, and Pausing Pause business? asked Lupo. I would like to get to Draconis faster and by myself. Can you summon the Comet Dragon for me? Or perhaps could you just send me directly to Draconis yourself? Lupo asked of Madame Kate. Madame Kate smiled at Lupo graciously. Do you still have the Sky Flower? Lupo looked down at their paws and shook their head no. Power Dog was upset to hear that Lupo had lost his brother's Sky Flower. I think that any galactic dragon would not return without a Sky Flower. And it would seem, based on a couple of comments, as Comet dropped you here, an apology from you might be in order as well. Lupo nodded sullenly. There will be plenty of room with Tyler, pups. We can go together. We just have to make this one little stop. And really, Briscoe's on the way. Trust me, pups. My intuition, or inner voice as you know, is telling me this is important. Lupo folded their front paws across their chest and glared defiantly. Power Dog looked at Lupo very pointedly and asked, If no one can defeat the Namer, then why are you set on going to Draconis as soon as possible and all by yourself? Just let me go, please? Lupo pleaded with all three of them. Bernie shrugged, looked at Madame Kate and said, I will not force you to come with us, young Fennec. You must choose your own path. My inner voice is telling me we need to go together, Lupo, said Power Dog. Tough stuff, Power Dog. Sure, we had a moment, but my inner voice is telling me that I am still the only one that I can count on. I'm staying here and taking my chances with solo travel. Madame Kate nodded and said, You are welcome to stay until you decide how and when to leave. Thank you said Lupo, who turned to Power Dog and Bernie and said, If time is really on my side here, then I can still make this work. Madame Kate pulled a small bag out from under her black velvety cape that blended in with her velvety dark fur and handed it to President Sandals. He bowed his head low in gratitude and possibly in some hope that Lupo might join anyway, set a mushroom down in front of the fennec and said, We each need to eat just one of this mushrooms, but please, only one, take it from me. If you eat too many, even just one teeny tiny one too many, then you will experience a naptime catastrophe, as in you will just up and fall asleep. Oh, exclaimed Power Dog, as he recalled his sneaky snacking of one too many mushrooms. He now understood why he lost all of his energy and that he'd made a bad choice. Power Dog took in a nice deep breath, (sighs) sized up his own mushroom with care, a little nervous to get a little bit too much again, looked at Lupo, who looked quite nervous, and popped it into his mouth. Definitely nothing I'm afraid of, President Sandals, he said while staring unblinkingly at Lupo. Maybe he could tap into Lupo's competitive nature to coax them along. The fur along Lupo's spine shimmied, but then they puffed their chests up and said, I am not afraid of anything, as they folded their front paws across their chest, refusing to touch this mushroom. But then, 
They went scrambling in fear as they heard a most unmistakable and incredibly loud version of a familiar and ridiculous sound. Power Dog started to giggle a little, (laughs) as he'd never seen anyone spooked by a toot. Tyler looked exactly like Taylor and was just as kind. As Bernie and Power Dog climbed onto their back and secured the sack of extra mushrooms to Tyler's rope, Power Dog looked at Lupo and beckoned to them. You could still hop on, he said encouragingly. Lupo nodded no solemnly and shifted to stand just a little closer to Madame Kate. Just before Tyler burped out some protective dogstronaut bubbles, meaning that a takeoff toot was imminent, Power Dog reached around his neck, slipped off the magical cat amulet from Fliberty Gibbet, and deftly tossed it to Lupo, who caught it with the tip of their nose and looked at it, and then at Power Dog with amazement. Maybe this will help you, Power Dog hollered, as Bernie smiled proudly at him, held on to him and Tyler tightly, and Tyler took off with a... Riding on Tyler did not feel as wild as the ride with Taylor had felt for Power Dog. Maybe it was that he was in front, with Bernie's big paws on either side of him. Or maybe it was that they were in a smoother part of space. It was also nice to notice that he had indeed not eaten one too many mushrooms and was no longer depleted of all of his energy. In fact, he was feeling energized by the time he pizza and the fact that he had found President Sandals. Rather than let his anxiety about Draconis and the Namer get to him, he focused on just the next part of their journey the part where they'd be meeting a space horse called Briscoe. Not much time had passed when Tyler's twirling tail and thumping toot slowed down, and they could see a big, soft, blobby, brightly colored thing in the not-too-distant distance. Is that a house? pondered Power Dog. And then a bouncy ball went whizzing past them. It seemed to have come from what was looking more and more like a three-story house as they drew nearer. Bernie whipped his head around to watch the bouncy ball and turned back around pointing at the house floating in space. And sure enough, they came to hover and then land in a puffy and delightful yard attached to a rainbow-colored inflatable house floating in space. But now they noticed it was not too far from a planet and a moon. Bernie looked very eager as he hopped off of Tyler's back and bowed in gratitude to the kind and tooting traveling cow. He then turned, looked all around, and called out, Hello, Briscoe? And he was barely done calling when another bouncy ball went whizzing past. Before Power Dog could think twice, he chased the ball down and caught it between his paws, and then his Tyler bubble popped. Bernie laughed as his bubble popped, too. (laughs) Tyler wandered over to a shady patch of inflatable trees and slowly settled into a comfortable seat. Then, another bouncy ball went flying. Power Dog let go of the one he was holding, 
rolled it to Bernie's front paws and caught the new one in his mouth. Oh my. They heard a voice exclaim, and they followed the voice around the side of and then behind the three-story rainbow-colored house into an even bigger, puffier, delightful inflatable backyard and garden. There they saw him, the space horse. He looked up, and when he saw them, his smile was as big as space. He seemed to be repairing a machine, and the machine was quite curious to Power Dog and Bernie, as they'd never seen anything like it before. Bernie Sandals? Is that you? Briscoe, hello, old friend, exclaimed Bernie. And then a bouncy ball came flying out of a tube sticking out of the curious machine quite fast. Briscoe shook his head, thumped the side of the machine with a hoof, and said, I'm sorry, you caught me at a time when I am trying to fix this Flinger Slinger 3000 machine that's on the fritz. It's flinging and slinging these sound bouncers everywhere. Power Dog leaped up quickly and retrieved the ball before it flew out into open space. Why, thank you. Power Dog nodded happily. He actually really loved playing fetch. And this machine seemed like that's maybe what it did? Automatic fetch? Briscoe gave it another good thump. Bernie, my friend, it has been far, far too long since we have seen or written to each other. I had begun to wonder if you were all right and if I should make my way to Dogland to check on you. Briscoe, yes, it has been far too long. And I hope that you will visit Dogland soon. You'll never believe it. But I am the president of Dogland now. President? That's amazing, Bernie. Congratulations. And I do believe it. Thank you, Briscoe. And now I come to you with this brave pup, my friend Power Dog, on a hunch that you might be able to help us right before we go in search of answers and possibly danger to save Dogland. Power Dog was ready and caught the next ball with very little effort and rolled it to Briscoe, who put it into a gigantic basket labeled Sound Bouncer Balls, nodded in gratitude and said, It's a pleasure to meet you, Power Dog. He turned to Bernie and said, To save Dogland? Oh yes, I would love to help in any way that I can. I'm so glad you found me, for you see, I am often traveling through space with my best friend Mary Farfisa. Power Dog looked around for Briscoe's friend as he rolled the latest stray ball back to Briscoe. She's at school right now, but when she's not, we travel the universe to collect songs and sounds and music and noise. Mary collects them with her audio lasso. I often repair sounds, old radio waves, and, and machines like this Flinger Slinger 3000 while Mary is at school. The next ball that shot out actually flew right to Power Dog's front paws, despite the fact that the tube shooting the balls seemed to be constantly moving and squirming. He looked down, and the ball said, Listener's Library on it. Power Dog puzzled at how he could read it and said aloud, Listener's Library? Briscoe smiled and said, the listener's library stamp is written in universal runes that anyone, anywhere can read. 
The listener's library is what Mary and I collect sounds for. In fact, if you press the runes, it will play a song we made about the library. PowerDog looked to President Sandals as if to ask if it was okay to play, and Bernie nodded eagerly, yes. PowerDog pressed the runes firmly with his paw beans. Is that, Mary? Because the listener's library is full of sounds. If it's auditory, you can hear its story at the listener's library. You can check out a chug, you can borrow a boo, you'll get a nasty note when it's overdue at the listener's library. Just marvelous, Bernie exclaimed as PowerDog rolled the ball over to him. And Briscoe, I did not come empty-handed. I brought the sound balls and gems you sent me ages ago, as well as a recording of the sacred pause for pause from Madame Kate, the werewolf. This time it was Bernie who lunged and caught the ball. Thank goodness you are here, my dog friends. If those balls had floated out across the galaxy, there's no telling how long it would take Mary and I to wrangle them with her audio lasso. Bernie smiled broadly and nodded. To be honest, Briscoe, this is pretty fun. We dogs love a good game of fetch. He looked down at the ball and was surprised to read the words, Power Dog. Power Dog, I think this one might be for you, he said as he rolled it over. How curious, thought Power Dog, as he eagerly collected it and held it in his paws. The runes did seem to say his name, and as he squeezed the ball, the runes seemed to wiggle and change. They read Listener's Library, but then wiggled and changed to say Power Dog again, and then wiggled and changed to say Bite Down in Case of Emergency. He marveled as he watched the runes wiggle and squiggle and change along the smooth surface of the bouncy yellow ball. Oh, you found one with your name on it? That's great, because who knows how long it would have taken to travel all the way to Dogland with this fritzing Flinger Slinger 3000. It would have found you eventually, though. Every sound from the listener's library finds its listener. PowerDog tucked his sound bouncer into his own satchel and patted it once he was sure it was tucked securely inside. Bernie trotted over with the latest wild ball and Briscoe adjusted the top of the machine with a large wrench. Good news, friends. I do not believe there are too many sound bouncers left in here. Uh-oh, looks like the bad news is that they're all flinger-slinging at once. Bernie and PowerDog smiled, flexed their muscles, and hunched down as if to pounce, nodded to each other, and darted towards the flying balls as Bernie hollered, Don't you worry, we got this! 
Power Dog flew up, rolled over in the air, did flips, and tossed flyaway sound bouncers to Briscoe, who captured them in the big basket of other sound bouncers. Bernie bounded along the inflatable gardens and caught the grounders as they rolled along. Bernie trotted over with the final sound bouncer and also handed Briscoe the velveteen bag. Briscoe, before I forget, here are my overdue sound bouncers and gems, as well as that brand new recording for Madame Kate. Briscoe nodded and smiled as he emptied the contents of the bag to take a look. Thank you, Bernie, and thank you, Power Dog. Power Dog had bounded over with the last of his fly balls as well, and he looked down at the pile of bouncers and gems. What sounds do the gems play, Briscoe? Oh, the listeners put songs and sounds and music and noise on all manner of objects, and often the object is designed to appeal to the type of being that enjoys them best. And although many enjoy gems, to be sure, these particular gems are the most appealing to dragons. Oh, replied Power Dog as Bernie's bushy eyebrows shot up. Briscoe, where we are headed next, we are headed to a world of dragons. Oh, are you headed to the planet Serpentina? Serpentina? No. We do not know planet Serpentina. We are headed to Draconis, answered Bernie. The thought of more than one dragon world was very surprising to Power Dog, and he was a little relieved to see that President Sandals seemed surprised too. Oh my, Draconis. Well, what little I know of that world is that those dragons love gems and treasures very much, perhaps even more than the kind and gentle dragons of Serpentina. Fascinating, said Bernie, as Power Dog nodded in agreement. Bernie, I have an idea. Why don't you recheck these audio gems out from the listener's library and bring them to Dracronus? It will give you something valuable to offer. And if they refuse to return them, then the listeners' library librarians will send me and my fellow members of the Chrome to collect them. The Chrome asked Power Dog. Yes, except for me, the Chrome is a group of rather terrifying robot knights that hunt down overdue sounds and those who didn't return them. Bernie looked very surprised and asked, Were the Crone Brigine looking for me when I didn't return these? As he nodded to the pile of sound bouncers and gems. Well, Bernie, when I sent these to you back in the day, as you know... <laughs> yes, way back. <laughs> <laughs> Briscoe continued. Back in the day, I actually checked these out as long-term loans on your behalf. But if you'd not returned them by, let's see. Oh my, next week. Then me and my Krumbrigine would have come looking for you. <gasps> Power Dog gasped at the thought of Briscoe and a troop of terrifying night robots arriving on Dogland. Bernie looked amazed and a little amused. Power Dog wondered if he was picturing it too. So, Say we put these gems on short-term loan, then you and your crone, Brigine, would come hunt them down very, very soon? asked Bernie. Briscoe, I'm not sure if I even still have a library card. It's a long story, but I do not remember. 
Briscoe looked excited and nodded yes. Wait here, I'll be as fast as lightning. Bernie and Power Dog smiled eagerly to each other as Briscoe trotted in and out of the inflatable house rather quickly. I have brand new listeners' library cards for both of you. Bernie smiled so big that his tongue popped out the side of his mouth and Power Dog exclaimed, For me too? Briscoe nodded happily and passed the cards to them, also gesturing to the gems for Bernie to collect them back up. And Bernie swept the gems back into the bag, except for one violet-colored crystal in the shape of a wolf's head, which he slid back to Briscoe. This is Madame Kate's recording for the listener's library. Briscoe examined it eagerly and said, This is a fantastic galactic audio swap. Bernie, my intuition is telling me we should all give it a listen before you're on your way. Bernie nodded in agreement, beckoned to Tyler, who was still watching everything sleepily with one eye open from a far-off inflatable shade tree, and drew Power Dog closer as well. Briscoe booped the nose of the crystal wolf gem, and out came Madame Kate's voice. The sacred paws for paws, and claws, and hooves, and hands, and feathers, and all manner of form and function. When big feelings and fear come rushing in, stop, breathe, pause your paws. Though fear could rush in, be not afraid. Instead, look within, for the wise are the brave. Pause your pause. Fear not the darkness as you are a star, and stars all shine brightly even from afar. Pause your pause. Ask for the pause, announce the pause, and take the pause into your pause. Do nothing. Be still. And when you do, you will find that no problems, no forces against us shall bide, as the stars in their courses do fight on our side. All right, that's it for now. We will continue this story in our next episode. Now, I'm joined by my co-author and the eight-year-old with the deepest dogland knowledge, my kid Hank. Hi, Hank. Hi. Okay, Hank. How exciting is it that we got to do a crossover episode with Mary Farfisa by including a visit with actual Briscoe, the space horse? Yes. It's our first time using somebody else's voice for a character, except for a couple of sneak-ins of you. Yes. Your voice is kind of the only other voice. Oh, and Jason. Jason's voice for Baba, Lava, Budaba. Yeah. Your voice for a couple of dogs and some howling. Baba, Budaba was made by our very good friend Jason, and the one that helps us with all mm-hmm. of this stuff. Hey, we- Mom, do you want to hear a joke? Uh, yeah. Okay. What do you call a space horse that lives next door? Oh, what? Your neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) Your neighbor. 
Also, I have one more joke to just sneak in. This might make a little bit longer. What does a what does a duck say that's really funny? Quack. No. Ha ha quack. You're supposed to. You're what? Supposed to say what? 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 Um. Got any jokes? <laughs> <laughs> that is a really funny thing for a duck to say. And do you know who else likes jokes? The entire gang over at Mary Farfisa. So stick around for just a few more jokes from their cast. Oh, well, we might be here a while. What can we do to pass the time? I know. We can tell jokes. Or not. Come on, Briscoe. I've got a million of them. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. I've got new jokes. The kids from Planet Flusterblup told them to me. And these jokes are really, absolutely, truly, and unquestionably funny. I'll take your word for it. Briscoe, why did the star read a book? I have no idea. It wanted to get brighter. <sighs> Briscoe, how do you know when the moons had enough to eat? Oh, I don't know how. It's full. Well, now that we've told jokes, what shall we do next? Briscoe, what did the alien say to the cat? No idea. Take me to your litter. I may take my chances outside. How do you get a baby astronaut to go to sleep? I don't know. How? You rock it. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. Hey, who's that laughing with me? Someone who's easily amused. That was me. I'm which way? I'm the navigation system for this spaceship. Oh, pleased to meet you, which way? I'm Mary Farfisa, and this is Briscoe. How do you do? Thank you, listeners. If you liked what you heard, you can see more content at our website, PowerDogAdventures, all one word, dot com. There, you can sign up for our infrequently emailed newsletter and also submit any good dog jokes. And we'll be forever grateful if you feel like telling your friends about the show, too. If you are looking for more great shows, then please check out the other members of Kids Listen, a grassroots organization dedicated to high-quality audio for kids and families. There are well over 100 great shows to find there. Ask your grown-up to check out kidslisten.org to find out more. Special thanks to our creative partner, the inimitable Jason Rourke, who makes these stories sound extra good with his wise counsel, recording, sound design, and even original music. This podcast has been made possible in part by funding provided by the Regional Arts and Culture Council in Portland, Oregon. Thank you, Rack. It has been made even more possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support and extra big thanks to our Patreon patrons who get early access to all of our episodes ad-free, as well as goodies and merch and birthday shout-outs at any level of support. We are not joking even a little when we say we could not do this without you.
The Adventures of Power Dog and Dogland is created in the ancestral lands of the Cowlitz, Multnomah, Cathlamet, Clackamas, Tumwater, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Wasco, Molala, Watlala, Bands of the Chinook, and other indigenous nations and tribes of the first people who made their homes along the rivers here in what is now called Portland, Oregon. And special thanks to our own Granny and Gramps who helped us write and record our Power Dog theme song that you'll hear at the end of the episode. Hey, Granny and Gramps, what key did you all say that's in? It's It's in in D for Dogland.